Hey everyone, and welcome back to Aftertaste. We're filming, not filming, we're recording. I don't have any cameras. Follow us on Patreon if you want us to do cameras. But from here on out, we're going to do just our voices. Uh, we're going to talk about the film Sinister, which is, I believe, a 2012 release mm -hmm. from Scott Derrickson. He's the Doctor Strange guy for those people that don't know Scott Derrickson, but... I'm joined today by Chelsea Rodriguez. How are you doing? This is one of your favorite films, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. And I'm also here with Emma. How are you doing, Emma, for the third time in the last 20 minutes? I've only seen this movie once, so <laughs> this is going to be really, really insightful. <laughs> it's fine. You're, But we're glad to have you here nonetheless. Thanks, dude. So um, I have all my notes here on my phone because I watched it without my laptop. Um, so this movie was basically the story of a um true crime author who had a big book about mm -hmm. i believe 10 years before the film was a current time and place called kentucky blood where he's basically like a, a private investigator guy who's trying to figure out what happened and it ruffles a lot of feathers so the movie begins basically with him showing up into a new town to investigate these murders, basically, which are really strange. Mm -hmm. And he just moves into the house <laughs> of the murders and um, starts writing from there. Mm -hmm. um, so he, the main character is played by Ethan Hawke. I don't know the f female actress who plays his wife. I'm not entirely... I don't have her name, unfortunately. <laughs> and then we have the, uh, the Deputy Dewey type of character played by... Uh, James Ranson. James Ranson, Eddie from It Chapter 2. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically the film, it just, he has a whole bunch of tapes in his attic, which are just creepy as hell. He like goes up to his attic to write and it's dark and creepy and he has like an old eight millimeter projector. Mm -hmm. And from the start of the movie, you realize like, oh, this is really, you can't tell if it's going to be a serial killer type of horror film or if it's going to be paranormal right. by default. And I think that's pretty cool because I didn't know anything about Sinister going into it. Mm -hmm. That being said, it turns paranormal pretty damn quick. Yeah. Um, he starts to see that all these films are somewhat correlated. He sees a face. Mr. Boogie, I believe he's called. Uh, Bagool. Bagool. Yeah, that's his other name. Mr. Bagool. Bagool. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty close to Mr. Boogie. I mean, if you are a child, which apparently he's a child eater and seducer of mm -hmm. making them do bad things. Yes. Bagools, like the boog the boogeyman, but yeah, that's literally what his name but translates his name. to. It's like the boogeyman. <laughs> the boogeyman. That is true. Um, so the things about this movie that I like are that, unlike a lot of the eighties eighties films and the nineties horror films, a lot of the scares aren't necessarily created by happenstance. They're created by lighting and sound editing. Mm -hmm. which is, I think, one of the coolest parts of the movie. Yes. This entire movie seems like it was shot under inverted light or camera. Like, um, It's hard to explain, but like most of the movie, Ethan Hawke's face was illuminated by a small light mm -hmm. or a cell phone. Yes. And most of the mood lighting in the background was created by smoke and mirrors. Mm -hmm. So that being said, this movie does more of that than most any other film I've seen out there. Mm -hmm. um, what about this film is most exciting to you, Chelsea? Well, one of the things I really love about it, like you said, uh, like, uh, like a big thing for me is so much of the technical aspect that go that went into this movie, like from like the sound editing to the yeah. design to like the, whether it was natural lighting or 
or fabricated lighting. I absolutely love the cinematography of this movie. Yes, for sure. Uh, there's, I, there's just something about it when I had watched it and then like watching it recently that honestly it just makes me think it's been a, like a really long time where I was actually scared by a horror movie and I mean like granted like if there's like a jump scare on like a current one yeah it's gonna get me it's gonna ruffle my feathers for a second and then you're gonna be mad that it worked yeah I'm like yeah. darn it it happened again <laughs> you feel like you're you're supporting those filmmakers by jumping at their I know it's, it's like, it's like, I, was like I promise I won't oh it I'm got me again support you. Oh, it's like god why it. yeah no, right. but no I just there's just something about it that I find because um, Scott Derrickson and his uh, screenwriter C. Robert Cargill put a lot of emphasis into it and there's actual interviews where uh, Cargill had said he found the inspiration for this movie after he had a nightmare after watching The Ring okay and, I see that. Uh, yeah and yeah I, I was cheating and I just found that on Wikipedia oh you so, did so now I feel like I'm up to date <laughs> there cheating. you go just yeah. look up a few facts and throw them out there once well more. that was actually something that I do remember like with the cinematography when I I remember when I first saw it when it was out in the theaters and that was the only time I've seen it, and I'm so sorry. No, it's was, fine. Um, that was cool. A lot of the the principal photography and stuff on it, it it looked a lot like the ring. I honestly like I didn't really draw that comparison where it's like, no, I saw the ring and I was scared, so now I'm gonna make mm-hmm. this movie about this nightmare. But I was I always just like kind of had that feeling with like how it was shot, and especially with um in in certain scenes like just certain colors lots of like grays and blues and like going into black and stuff like that yeah that was that's actually kind of cool though <laughs> yeah and a, a lot like the ring also um a lot of the even when it was daytime outside it almost looked like an inverted palette where it yeah. seemed like it was dark outside but it was light outside yeah which is really cool and i have a couple of notes here about like different lighting mm-hmm. at certain points ethan hot looked Ethan Hawke looked like a young Gary Oldman. And at some points, he looked like a young Benedict Cumberbatch from Doctor Strange, which is uh, the next film that Scott Derrickson is actually doing, the Doctor Strange uh, and the Something of Madness. I forget what yeah. it's called. Multiverse what? of Madness. Yes. Yes. Um, also, fun fact, the family got, that got burned alive was the Martinez family, <laughs> which hits real home to me. I used to, I used to live in Sacramento oh. also. Oh. <laughs> my wife and it's like shit <laughs> you're like oh, man. no we gotta stop oh, we gotta stop um but also a lot of the editing cut points of this film was they weren't cheap jump scares mm-hmm. but the scares created by the edits were scary yeah inherently by the fact that all the kids were being introduced one by one by one by one mm-hmm. you, you would just see like ethan hawk's head and then a cut edit just something being right in front of him. Yeah, but he can't see but it. But he can't see it. That's the scary part of it. So it's, they didn't. Use, they used some of the tropes that could be seen as a little bit tropey, but mm-hmm. they edited better than but, that. But there's a little twist on it because, yeah, like you said, the editing really makes all the difference on that one. Yeah, Scott Derrick. Scott Derrickson had said in interviews, uh, one of the things if he could change when like going back and looking at his film was apparently. It was the studio's award saying they really wanted that uh, jump scare at the very, very end when you see the ghoul for the last time. Because he initially just wanted it to end on like that slow like pulling out of like the reels in the attic. And he's like, let's end it there, cut it. But they're like, no, we want another jump scare. We, we need, oh, another, come on. And he's like, need another studio, uh, studio ending. So basically. he unfortunately, he had to tack that on. And that's one thing he said even recently, even though like No now, good Hitchcock or Price ending yeah, for, he, for he, he really like fought hard for it, but... 
you know, they he could only do so much with what Even happened. though that ending did kind of put a little bit of a studio fingerprint on it, mm-hmm. I still enjoyed the ending. Um, mm-hmm. it, wasn't your, it wasn't your, your happy-go-lucky. <laughs> no. Uh, whoa, we, it's it like, was, no, nobody's fine and nobody made it out, right? It's not right. your horror yeah. film like The Conjuring where it's like, oh, we survived this time. Like we just put this doll into our attic. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> and let our kids let the doll out one day. but For fun. For, yeah. It doesn't have that happy-go-lucky feeling ending. No, no. But it has a very, very earned ending, I think. Mm-hmm. I think that you kind of think that they can't do it. And then they they do it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But that's good because that actually raises the stakes and you actually care. Whereas with, yeah. um, you know, like the a lot, pretty much all of the movies in the Conjuring franchise, and especially now that it is a big franchise whenever yeah, they go franchise. back in the story then you already know what's going to be happening later yeah so you can already tell it's like well none of these people show up in any of this mm-hmm. so yeah i guess they're dead and then it's like oh look they died yeah shock yeah ah uh, <laughs> that's why i think like it did kind of get crazy with like how much they like build off like the, like that universe. It's like okay, so it's like even though like these are like different characters, scenarios, and timelines. It's like we know like that doll in particular is going to get to this you know point B at some point. So it's like some of like we're sinister on the other hand because it it didn't have that sort of like yeah they're going to make it because we we know they're going to make it. They're, yeah, they're going to bring all the money they can out of this. Mm-hmm. And uh, with sinister with it having that morose of an ending Mm -hmm. i was surprised when i was looking for it on netflix and i found sinister 2 yes and i'm like i was disappointed (laughs) in in that (laughs) i I literally only watched it because i wanted to see james ranson as the deputy again (laughs) that was like my only thing otherwise i i sat through and i was like yeah it's a movie yeah Sinister. James Branson has that character type down, like perfect. That A type. That perfect type of character. It's so funny because it's like that's like not how he is in real life, but he's so good at playing like those straight laced characters. That's why, like, when I was like watching like It Chapter Two and him is like Eddie Casbrack and he's like all neurotic and everything, I was like, this is not the person you are. Like, like he's like covered in like tattoos. But he freaking had it. Oh yeah, no, he did. (laughs) That's one of the things I love. Yeah, so I think Sinister, while it's not a film known to the mainstream as a, like a classic in any way, mm-hmm. a lot of people who do enjoy film in general enjoy the fact that it was so well made. You yeah. could tell the details, even in just, you could see Ethan Hawke, like, scene to scene starting to, like, deteriorate, like, in his spirit. You could see him start to get darker in yeah. his eyes, basically, by their decisions to put either makeup on him or make him seem more of a drunk, which yeah. is a running thing. yeah. So either he's falling into madness or he's like, kind of like, you know, Jack Nicholson and like mm. the shine. Yeah. Or it's like, yeah. is it alcoholism or ghosts? Yeah, Who knows? Ghost, you don't know, but yeah. they, they, they pushed it and they earned it throughout the film. Did you uh, uh, know that all of those reactions out of him were 100% genuine? What? So pretty much is uh, like, even though like, like when they were like rehearsing the scenes and like, they were like prepping to like film, like, like, oh, like this is the part where your character is going to watch the super eight films. Mm-hmm. For some reason there was like. A disconnect where he didn't watch him prehand, so all of the reactions oh, were 100. But I think like wow. my oh, but fav- that's smart though. That's why it worked because oh. one of my favorites uh, out of like all of 
I think the one that gets me the most out of all of them is the lawnmower. Oh, it's the lawnmower. It's the lawnmower. Yeah, and then when he, man. like, jumps out of the chair. Right I when like, I think I don't remember <sighs> jack shit about this movie. <laughs> the, lawnmower the lawnmower. Sticks with me. The lawnmower got me, for yeah. sure. That, everything else disturbed me and was haunting, for sure. Yeah, but the lawnmower. The lawnmower was a jump scare in itself, which yeah. is terrifying. That really got me when I first saw it in the theaters. There's, there's something about, like, when you first see the lawnmower in, like the view of the video that was made you're like oh it's gonna be bad oh my god there's just like especially for me as a as a person who's like anything even remotely like thresher or wood chipper-esque anything with spinning blades i just nope out of there my brain just like shuts off for a second but my eyes are still absorbing all of it yeah but yeah, he said that was the one that got him the most too. It clearly it shows because he jumped out of the chair. Well, well good, he's was, a human being. Was he really drinking? Because I feel like he I, might have been really drinking. That could get helped. drunk, watch Super Eight movies. Well. <laughs> watch that Super Eight film directed by Steven Spielberg a couple years. ago. No, 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 not that. No, good. no, not no. as good as these Super Eight. I've only seen it once, and that was it. I remember at one point saying this it film was, was really good, and then I just watched it again. I was like, wow, it wasn't good. It's not a good idea. Yeah, that's fine. But but at least this movie delivered fully. <laughs> it delivered. And as a movie fan, I enjoy films like this a lot. As we, we talked about so far, we talked about The Evil Dead 2 and mm-hmm. some of these older horror films. We're going to talk about Killer Clowns Matter Space. When I watch those films, I, I don't get scared. And Evil Dead 2 is a very scary type of premise and things. But for some reason, the aspects when it comes to like lighting and really done... Uh, well done scores and direction that's what normally gets me so this movie was scarier to me mm-hmm. than evil dead exactly like yeah yeah so, i i think this one is worth watching we're gonna cut this off for today and we'll see you again tomorrow and thank you uh, thank you emma thank you chelsea i'll probably thank you again in a few seconds all right we'll talk to you soon thanks so much